On this episode of Deep Thrones, we review Season 7, Episode 1, Dragonstone, and Season 7, Episode 2, Stormborn. Chris and I begin our journey to Season 8. We answer a few questions from the Deep Thrones family, and we settle a few personal grievances with each other, plus many more hilarious segments. Winter is here. Welcome back to Deep Thrones. This is Season 7, Episodes 1 and 2, Dragonstone and Stormborn. I, of course, am Sims. My partner, Sheedy's here. What's up? Hey, what's going on? Hey, and also, no guests this week. No guests this week, this so big. we're getting back to our roots. Back to our roots. I got my PlayStation headset on for old time's sake. <laughs> uh, yeah, we might just, like, make the audio quality shitty on we'll this one. We'll make it shitty purposely. Yeah. Yeah, my mom's going to cough in the background, <laughs> and uh, I, I'm going to be off work. So I'm going to be like, hey guys, what's up? Welcome to just, just right after, yeah. right after work. Right after work. Um, so we actually have a lot to cover today. Um, obviously we have the two episodes, but there's been some pretty cool recent events going on. So we're actually going to start off with like a little Godfather-esque story that came out a couple days ago. Um, apparently uh, the guy's last name's Kelly. I forget his last it's name. It's like Francisco. <laughs> Francesca. It's like Francesca the Hammer Kelly. You know, something Italian. Uh, but he's the head of this uh, Gambino crime family. He was just gunned down. It is in it, right outside his house. Right and outside then the car that gunned him down ran, backed over him, and then ran over him. That's Ruthless. a hit. Not a burglary gone wrong, folks. That is a hit. That is a straight up hit. That's like, I mean, Arya would have been more subtle than that. <laughs> oh, yeah. The guy drove away and he's like, someone spilled the Alfredo. <laughs> he had a bunch of quotes. <laughs> Who left the fridge open? What? Here we go again. <laughs> again. <laughs> this is the first mob hit since 1985 on well, a mob boss. Yeah, on, on a boss. On a boss. They're saying that it this is, is huge. Like the highest ranking since 85. So me and Chris are fascinated by true crime. I did a little light reading today on the mob, and it turns out that since 9-11, so much, so much resources have been devoted to stop terrorism that mobs actually are like, they're back in a big way. Just, and not like Roseanne. They're, like, they're sneaky, back to they stay. They're sneaky. They're still up to their old tricks. Um, and I think we assume the mob, you know, is gone as it is. But no, they're, and they talk about like they're actually still well organized and that like this will be, this will lead to some stuff. Dude, who do you think's who do you think's paying us for this? Who do you think's keeping us on air? The mob. Yeah, exactly. it's the mob. So Francis, we miss you, friend. <laughs> Freddie, what's up, friend? Freddie, like. Freddie, friend. <laughs> uh, and then it's like, who, who do you who, who? There has to be a system in place where someone steps up, right, and takes over for him. Oh yeah, well, there's probably going to be some sort of tug of war. I'm gonna throw my hat in the ring. So if to anyone listening, I'd be a good leader. Uh, I got a Culver sponsorship. But see, I think this is like the Sicilian mob, not the Irish mob, so I don't know. It how is definitely gonna... Francisco Cali. I don't know how you're going to get involved in, 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 in all that. Different strokes for different folks, man. <laughs> <laughs> you got to try, you gotta try something Just new. Just get them to be a little more open-minded. Yeah, you can only eat so much spaghetti until you want to go banger and mash, <laughs> you know? And uh, just give me a, give me a shot, guys. I can do. Well, no, just call me. <laughs> just give me a call. So um, that was pretty crazy. We speaking of crazy. We have March Madness starting up um, in four days after this airs, right? So yeah. So Joel Linardi is all over ESPN right now, doing his who's in, who's out. What the? It's like what is it? Sixty four teams now. Dude, I'm not a basketball guy. Don't put they me should on the bring spot back like the that. billion dollar bracket thing because it's like a zero percent chance anyone could win it. It's so well, difficult to so do. So you know, around this time of year, I get like 50 emails about filling out Bracketology. brackets and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So actually, I still haven't filled mine out. I, I got to get those done. But I don't think they've finished the final 
seating yet, so that you can't. Well, they have right. to finish. Got conference tourneys. They got to finish stuff. the conference tourneys, and right. then they'll be able to go to that. Nice. Well, you could always fill out like the blank team versus whoever. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but who do you got winning the whole thing? I like Duke. I just think they're too deep. Zion's back uh, tonight. Actually, I think it's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. And they showed the stats when their big three plays, which is R.J. Barrett, Zion, and the other guy. I actually don't know. R.J. Barrett. People forget is going to be like the second pick behind Zion, which right. is insane. Uh, when those three guys play together, they're undefeated. When they don't, they're like five and four. So, I like Duke, uh, and I think Gonzaga is a wild horse to unseat them all. I like that. Um, what if the, what if uh, R.J. Barrett and Zion were just like, psych, we're gonna stay all four years? And just, they'd be morons. Yeah, they'd be morons. They're giving up millions of dollars. Dude, they're and, probably they're, they're probably under the table getting a good amount of money. They're definitely is. connected to the mob. <laughs> <laughs> I just think if you're a case. Zion just and credit to Zion to come back because he easily could have shut it down. And for him to want to keep playing, oh, I think yeah, show speaks right. to his character as a competitor. But let's just say this: finish your season, be healthy, go get your money. Because yeah. don't forget though, next year there'll be another Zion. There'll be the next kid. You I know? mean, honestly, like Duke's just a stepping stone. Like if he didn't have to go to college, yeah. Duke would mean nothing to there him. There are very though. few t- Tom Izzo's left. Tom Izzo at Michigan State, who who wants four year kids. It's mostly, I can get you to the NBA quick. And if I'm a kid, I want the NBA quick. Yes, and also it's more so like, fuck the kids, it's how can we win now. Right. You know, so it's not like these coaches have the kids' best interest in mind. No, they're fucking the kids. Leaving Neverland. Yeah, exactly. Leaving Duke. It all comes back to Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. Uh, My pick, I I, I mean, I like... I, I, Chris, you yeah, remember when we played we Call of Duty once and you just kept going, Shut up! Shut up! Yeah, I got superstar. Yeah. I was dying. I could not stop laughing. We'd be playing it out of nowhere right here. Shut <laughs> up! Uh, nice. no, so I actually, so we went to a Catholic school, right? And yes. they're actually Augustinian in, uh, in, in, like, in that order. You so go Nova? I like Nova. Love Nova. Um, I've got some allegiances there. So, all right, there you go. You heard it here first. So you're going with Duke. I'm going with Nova. Yeah. All right, fuck you. Yeah, Duke all the way, man. All right. Duke all the way. Lame. Zion. So, uh, in some Thrones news, the runtimes were actually officially released by HBO now. So, um, it's pretty similar to what that, we thought. That, that Disappointing. came out. Yeah. Uh, a lot of articles, so we Googled it beforehand just to, so we could verify the runtimes for you guys, mm-hmm. and we found the clips and stuff. But so I actually Googled it, and the first thing that came up was like a bunch of articles that was like, we're all so disappointed by the runtime. Yes. Game so, yeah, so we are. We'll get to our opinion, but I, w- I want to let the listeners hear this first. Okay, episode one, 54 minutes. Episode two, 58 minutes. Episode three, 60 minutes. Episode four, 78 minutes. Episodes five and six, both 80 minutes. So, so it does go longer. It does go longer. So that those back three, episodes four through six, are going to be pretty lit. Um, yeah. The first three kind of worry me a little bit, not going to yeah. lie. It's like when you spend all day cranking it. It's like 70 minutes, 80 minutes, 90 minutes, 100 minutes. <laughs> the times get longer. That's just a little masturbation humor for our fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great, great intro to start off Yeah, with. that's just a statistical truth. It gets longer. <laughs> but obviously, you know, the major concern here is that how are you going to jam-pack all these ends that need to be tied so up? So many. Um, I think they're just going to kill a bunch of people. They're gonna kill, I think, I mean, in episode three, which is, you know, that big battle scene, I think, I think everyone's, a lot of people are going to die. I understand the disappointment. When you add all those times together, though, it is more like seven or eight episodes. And also, the more I think about it, we've covered single episodes up until we realized we were like, oh, shit, we're out of time. Yeah. And there were times we covered single episodes where I was doing scene notes and I was down at the bottom of the page. Oh, yeah. And we were like, we remember what we said? Like, oh, the, shit, like there's so much happening. Front and back pages. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, people are like, but what about all the reunions? If you think about it, 
how much screen time does a reunion take? Do we want 20 minutes of Arya fucking talking to Gendry? I sure fucking don't. No, but I want, I want 20 that. minutes of Arya talking to John. You probably will get that. And the rest will just be people getting murdered, you know? We'll see Brienne and Tormund. He'll finger bang her real quick. And then it's just gonna, <laughs> we're going to be on our way. All right, well, I mean, I, I, I'm one who enjoys all the fine details in, those, in every episode. So when, yeah. when I see things like, oh, the first three episodes of the final season, who only have six episodes to begin with, or less than 60 minutes, or 60 minutes or less, I should say, mm-hmm. it, it kind of concerns me a little what bit. What concerns me, too, is, like, there's no way HBO said, you have to do this in six. This was, like, a choice. Why? Why would you choose this route? Why wouldn't you choose the 10-episode route and do it the way everyone wants it to be done? Well, I, I kind of respect that decision, too, um, just because, like, when you're a show writer or you're a producer or something, a lot of times the, the pressure is all on how long can I drag this out so I can make money. True. But I do like that if their story is going to end in those, in the, and they only have six episodes to end it, True. then... Yeah, you know, don't drag it out. Breaking Bad is one of those things that spoiled fans with a clean ending. Yeah, and, and and Breaking Bad could have been a Walking Dead and gone on for twelve seasons, and no one no one watches Walking. No it's one. It's crazy. No one watches. I used it. to be religiously watching. There's Walking not a person Dead. who watches it, and they're like, yeah. "We'll still make it." Yeah. Whereas Breaking Bad, the writer said, lost. "The writer said, I know what I want. Here's the ending. Let's give them what they want." And that's as a fan, there's nothing better than a concise ending. I think when shows continue to go on. It's 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 terrible. You 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 live long enough to see what you love turn into something you hate. Shitty, yeah. It's like Hangover two and three. Leave it at the first one. Yeah, well, it's different with like box office stuff like that. And it's also different with like good TV shows. Hangover one isn't like you know it's not winning awards anytime soon. Uh, Uh, What's next? Well, you want to hop into the review here? We can, but first, I just want to say, is this the recurring versus reoccurring? Oh yeah. Because I'm not getting, I'm not getting. All right, listen, folks. I've been getting, (laughs) I've been getting shit. On uh, the last two podcasts, because I said the phrase reoccurring. You, you haven't been getting shit on it. I, I, just, I, I, I just don't. I was insulted in the streets. Um, so, <laughs> I don't uh, agree friend with... of the podcast, and, sorry, friend of the podcast and frequent guest. Uh, recurring guest. Re- reoccurring guest. Cassie sent me this thing that shows that the phrase recur. So, for instance, if, if who are we referring to? Colleen. We said, Colleen, you're a reoccurring guest. And you said, no, she's a recurring guest. If she was a recurring guest, she would be on, according to the definition, weekly. It happens every time. No, Whereas reoccurring on. means it doesn't happen regularly, but it happens frequently. What, 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 we saw the what, definition. What, 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 what kind of definition are you talking about here? <laughs> you got to let me finish. You know the definition. All right, listen. Here's, here's my counterpoint. I read the same definition. It didn't say recurring means that it's always happening. It says that it happens frequently. It happens more than once and frequently. And and almost at regular intervals. So Colleen has been on two episodes. We have done 34. Okay, but Is that almost regular intervals? But listen, we still have a lot more. We have a lot more. We have a lot more episodes to go. Listen, Nostradamus. Listen, Nostradamus. Careful there. I know what you were thinking. (laughs) I was not. That's Charlie Murphy. Show some respect. R.I.P. Um, no, so two out of thirty-four is hardly okay, but regular listen, intervals. My point is, it's just a reoccurring guest. We it's have, happened, but okay. Times. So say we go through eighty episodes, I, like and what we're doing later after the Game of Thrones stuff. I mean, oh wait a minute! So you're continuing because we are going to be doing podcasts after yeah, Deep Thrones. Yeah. You're saying that that counts? Yes. 
Still, if we do 80 and she's guest starred four times. Yeah, that's recurring. No, come on. <laughs> regular intervals every 20 episodes. Come on. Oh, dude. no way. Come on. No way. Multiple no times. Way. Regular intervals. But the context in which I used it at that point was correct. So that's all That's all I care about. Well, you owe me an apology. We're going to have to agree to disagree with All right. <laughs> listen, that's showbiz. <laughs> that's showbiz. All, right? all I know is, is that we'll leave it to vote online all right but <laughs> this episode has to be released first because they need to hear my piece yeah so we'll yeah we'll we'll get that poll out there on monday it's a simple yay or nay poll i can't wait and i'll win also uh also girlfriend of the pod sarah kind of fired us up and texted us about it um a couple days ago like pretty much trying to pit us against each other and worry she's jealous because i keep showing up in your snapchat story <laughs> <laughs> That's true. She's trying to turn us against the Yoko over here. He's trying to turn the Beatles against each other. All right, so we'll dive into this review. JK, we'll Sarah, off. thank you so much for the hair product, too. I just want to say, I've been using it. That Monet. My hair has never been softer. Yeah. That Monet, that, uh, Sarah, that's, that ad's going to cost uh, about 20 bucks. You can you can write the check to me. Don't yeah. worry about Chidi. I'll get him the funds. That's what we do now is we just say things and charge people. Let's <laughs> uh, get into this bad boy. All right, so. Season 7, episode 1, Dragonstone. Yes, sir. Um, we start off. This is actually one of the oh. new soft openings of the show. Uh, there is a little fray party that's going on. The chandelier's rocking. <laughs> so Walter Frey is sitting, uh, you know, at, at the head of the table. All the Freys, uh, he's got his good sweater on there. This is probably like the fourth or fifth party that they've had. They've been partying yeah. since the season ten finale. Yeah, all those silly little hat pigeon motherfuckers exactly. are out there. All those ugly, smelly dudes. Oh god. Um, and they do a toast, and then you know, mid toast, Walter Frey starts saying some odd things. He yeah. starts talking about how um, you guys were there when I killed when we killed all the Starks, and it goes um, from like being brave to like condescending, like "Oh, you're so brave, killing a woman and her babe, yeah. slitting the throat of a mother of five, stabbing just a hunk of meat in the heart." He doesn't say that, but I thought it. <laughs> and then he, uh, and then they all start gagging, and then and then it's kind of like, "Oh, what's going on?" The the serving girl next to him uh, tries to drink some i think and, and then she goes, goes beforehand she goes i'm not wasting good wine on a damn woman yeah before exactly. everyone's gagging on it exactly. she wasn't like oh what's the deal <laughs> <laughs> must be good must be that uh must be that good sauce <laughs> um but so then of course it starts mentioning wolves which of course uh i at first i thought this was a flashback because we know at the end of last episode Arya killed frey takes the face off it's Arya stark of course it's Arya. um Great line from this one. She talks about leaving one wolf alive and, and the sheep, sheep are never, never safe. safe. So Arya Stark literally destroyed House Frey. Literally. Uh, how Tywin got rid of the reins, Arya Stark literally just eliminated House Frey from existence. Yeah, that's that's a, I like that callback right there. Yeah, but she, she learned from she learned she he was one of her teachers. She she I think has the best um like group of mentors on any one of she them. has a great group I think I think we talked about this last week Sansa also has a great group but I yeah. think Arya's is better oh, but God. Sansa in her own right John weirdly kind of had mentor, mentors but also was sort of uh, I feel like they born, all died quickly too and he was born of the ability to kind of make good decisions which yeah. there are people like he's that. got a strong moral compass he does he's sure. very net you know um, and then from there, we have a short scene. Bran and Mira get to the wall. Ed Tullet lets them in. Nothing too much to get into detail there. It's a little Night King traveling. Nothing too much. Just setting stuff up. Mm-hmm. Uh, from there, we jump down to Winterfell. John's preparing everyone for war. Um, he does make some pretty cool uh, progressive moves here. So he basically says, like, I don't care where, you, where you're from, where 
if you're Glover, if you're Umber, whatever, first of all, all men, women, children are need fighting. to be able to, to fight. So Lady Mormont loves it. Lady Mormont's behind it. Uh, Glover actually denies it for a second, but he's quickly shut up by Mormont. You think he's getting tired of that shit real quick? He's, <laughs> he keeps putting him in his Dude, fucking he's a beta. He's a he fucking is, he's beta. He's a beta. He's very similar to the guy in the first season when his hand gets bit off. The meat uh, is bloody yeah. tough. But he was, I mean, he was an alpha, though. He was trying to, he was he trying was. to lead, jump into war before war was even started. He was. He just wanted, he just wanted to fight. He did. Um, and in this scene, Sansa starts questioning Jon's decision to pardon the Karstarks in the Umbers. Mm-hmm. And he says, he's like, I'm not going to punish sons for the sins of their father. And he has the kids who are now in charge of the house step up and their children. Yep. And I think that was a deep scene for me because it's like, I t- when I saw those kids, I totally agreed with John. Whereas early so, I agree with so, Sansa. So uh, hold that thought for a second. So the issue was what to do with the last hearth, which is the castle of the Umbers, and what to do with... Um, Ooh, what's the car starts? Carhold. Carhold. Um, so, yeah, so continue. I just wanted to set that up there. Yeah, and uh, Sansa is saying we should not tear them down because they're good cancels, but ca- castles, but give them to houses that stood behind Stark. And John said, he's like, I'm not ripping families from their ancestral home. At first, I agreed with Sansa when I first saw this, but when you see John call those kids forward and you see how nervous they are, they thought they were going to lose their heads. Yeah. And here's oh, yeah. the King of the North. And uh, again, this is the kind of world where decisions like Sansa wanted to make are something that a mad king would have done. And it's if we're trying to create a better world at this point, we want to be a part of a better world. The decision John makes is good, and you see those kids get excited, and they kneel, and they put their sword down. Yeah. And John realizes, too, like, why create enemies when we need all these numbers for the Great War? Yeah, it, it is interesting. Sansa's point could be... Uh, she does make a great point, like, re- reward loyalty right. with, you know, actual stuff that's worth rewarding. But the, the issue is... There's no, like, there's no third party that, like, some some lower house that would have been able to step up into the Umbers or Karstark's place, right? I mean, there's not anyone no. who, like, rallied to John's banners that really It's just Lady Mormont reward. and yeah. Wildlings. Yeah, and they've already, I mean, Lady Mormont's got her set up. The Wildlings, if, if he would have given those two castles to Wildlings, he would have lost the entire lost north. north. Yeah. The Vale already had, or, yeah, they've the, already the, got the, the Eerie. Yeah. yeah. So I think what Sansa said, while well taken, is wasn't thought out very well. And I think with John, again, now's not the time to create petty arguments when he's literally like everything John has said is none of this matters in yeah. two weeks when that guy's you know butt fucking the wall exactly with his dragon. We're fucked, you know. I, you know, I hate when people butt fuck the wall. From there, we go to King's Landing. Jamie and Cersei are having a little uh, production meeting. So they got this They got this nice, sweet map of Westeros that covers the floor. He's having it painted. Yeah. And, and they're, they're basically figuring out what their next steps are. They, they realize they have the enemies all, all, all surrounded, north, west, east, south. Um, and they really don't have much support until... And comes Euron Greyjoy. Yeah, he comes in offering uh, not just his fleet, but marriage. And it's kind of like everyone who loves, everyone who hates me is on the team with everyone who hates you, so why not band together? And uh, Cersei's considering it. He's taking hella shots at Jamie. He's like, I oh, come to you great. with a fleet in two good hands. And Jamie's kind of like, <laughs> what? He's like, damn it. He's like, okay, either one of those. I things. got a hand in the. It's gold. Um, so he, he's kind of giving him some sauce. But Cersei actually rejects his offer. She's like, you're not a loyal person. You've proven yourself not loyal. Mm-hmm. And then Euron is like, oh, my queen wants a gift. And he takes off because he's like, I'll go get you a gift. Listen, I'm wearing a leather coat. He's the, like, this yeah, is nice. He's looking bad. This is 12 AD, you know, and I'm wearing a fucking coat. And I got leather <laughs> pants on. And I got I got, got guy liner on. So the least I could do is bring a gift. He kind of reminds me of, um, of Negan from 
from Walking Dead. Yeah, he's very similar. Very like the cool guy comes in, starts yeah, crushing people's the cool heads with hammers. Guy. Yeah, so, you kind of want to hang out with him, but you kind of don't because like, fuck your girl. Yeah, he's the Fonz. <laughs> he's the Fonz from Walking Dead. Hey. Uh, and then we have a scene of Sam at the Citadel. He's going through his regular routine, oh, God. which Cleaning we find it. out it's is actually just, a gross scene. Oh, it's disgusting. There's shit all over the he's, place. He's cleaning up shit and puke. He's puking himself. I mean, and they just do it on repeat. Um, and then at, towards the end of the scene, he's actually meeting with the Archmaester. I think Ebros is his name. Um, but he's like voicing all these concerns about the White Walkers coming. And yeah. the Archmaester actually makes a good point. He's like, these issues have been going on throughout the entire existence of Westeros, and we're all still here. Um, he talks about yeah. he talks about um, the long night a thousand years ago, when pretty much the same thing that we're seeing now. Um, and what the prequel is going to be about, and, and you know, Westeros survived that. Not everyone died and was turned to White Walkers. So it's a very simplistic view of it, but that is his view, which is like, hey, who cares? Yeah, it was very Ronald Reagan with AIDS, you know. It's sort of like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Old Town's so far from the wall, like those yeah. things aren't real to them. No, down there, you they're know? too busy fucking reading books. He did say that he believed Sam, though. Which he did. I, really I think he likes Sam, but he's doing that weird like tough love teacher thing. Where it's like, prove yourself, boy, you know? Yeah. He's definitely like, those guys are, you know, they're saucing each other, right? <laughs> Is that understood? That those dudes are dragging each you know? They're, going, they're getting the hot cold room I, and they're I mean, grabbing would, ass. And, I don't know, man. It, I mean, it is like a... They're rolling up the towel. It's kind of like a... It's, well, I don't know if I'd say it's like a seminary. It's more of a place of learning. It'd be more it's like... It's a place uh, of learning, but also, once the learning's done, <laughs> so there's adult horseplay going on. You know how it is. I'm sure there is. There's a little, some hands. There's, there, I mean, there's whorehouses and stuff. The dude goes, no women and children. So, yeah. And then they're, they're the doing... Citadel. No, I'm, there's no women. There's no whorehouses there. They're, those guys in the, are... In the old town? Yeah. They're jagging each other. <laughs> the jag club. Read the books again, Chris. No, they they actually... they, they Yeah, there are whorehouses. They jag each other every day. They're recurring. How often they jag each other. Uh, from there, we go back up to Winterfell. Baelish is trying to work some horror wizardry on Sansa. Actually. Wow, Baelish is doing... Oh, Sancho. This is the first time... I, I, this is the first time I've actually observed the horror wizardry yeah. being worked on a female. I don't know. Yeah, also Tormund. Well, I guess he did it to... Brienne, which he, is cute. He horror wizard... Um, uh, a uh, horse. He horror wizard the horror wizards. Well, the one... Uh, Aunt Liza. He, he, he horror wizard her. Yeah. yeah. It's, oh, Liza. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so he's trying to work his way into Sansa's life. Sansa's not having any of it. She just actually hits him with a in. lot of clapback, and it, it's just great. So I'm gonna save that for my yeah. Queen, I like, right yeah. He just slides in. He's like, oh, 1738. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. steps up, and she's like, what the hell do you want? And Sansa's like, oh, I know, I know what he wants. Yeah, oh yeah, he, she knows. She, Brienne knows nothing about what. Yeah, wants. she doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> she Brienne's got her own problems because Tormund keeps like smiling at her. She's she's like, what was he begging for money or something? Yeah, she's like, well, no. Uh, from there, uh, Arya has a scene on the Kings. Of, she the meets King's Ed Sheeran. Yeah, she meets Ed Sheeran <laughs> as a Lannister soldier, which yeah. was actually I thought this was a good breath of fresh air and everything that's going on. And I'll tell you why. Everything that we see on random road encounters and stuff usually are very negative uh, tone. It's set up, though, in that way. She keeps looking at the swords, and you yeah. think she's going to kill these Lannisters, but she, yeah. then when they start talking, she realizes, and it's this is a good scene of reality, like how soldiers are in real life, where a lot of times soldiers are fighting for their job. Yeah. Like they say, they're like, we don't care what the fucking queen thinks. Yeah. I got a kid at home. I'm fighting somebody else's fucking war. Exactly. I want a daughter, because daughters take care of their pop. 
And she's like, why don't you want a son? He's like, because then you'll be fighting somebody else's war. Yeah, and he, they, these guys aren't they're lordlings. They're not lords. They're they're peasants. I mean, one guy was a fisherman. One guy they're doing it for that free college tuition. You know, <laughs> exactly. So it, you see like a good uh, uh, look at humanity here, and you don't see that a lot no. in Game of Thrones. So it was a good breath of fresh air for us. Um, also, uh, one thing that I wanted to hit on too, um, the song that they were singing, the song that Ed Sheeran was singing was a song that was made after the events of Tyrion killing uh, Shay and Tywin Lannister. It was about them? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. He was talking about a chain of golden hands uh, choking the life out of a loved one or something. It's the whore wizard. Yeah, yeah. whore wizard Shay. Um, and there's a quick scene there with the Brothers Without Banners that are traveling, and they find that house that hold up uh, Arya and the Hound when they were traveling, and he ended up robbing them, mm-hmm. and uh, they find them dead. And it, the father killed the daughter and himself. They find their bodies, and it looked like it was kind of a mercy because they were starving. Yeah. Uh, the, you can hound, tell the hound was shaking a little bit. Yeah, he then looks into the flames because he's with uh, uh, Beric Dondarrion and he's with the Red Priest. And he looks into the flames and he sees the ice wall. The brothers without banners are like, let's fucking go. They take a quick five to take a nap, and, and the hound buries those, those two because yeah. he actually feels bad. Yeah. Which is good character development for the hound. Uh, from there, we jump back to the Citadel. Sam's pretty much obsessing over how to find a solution to the White Walker problem. Um, in doing so, he's reading this book, and he finds out that Dragonstone has a massive cache or mines full of dragon glass. Huge. Huge. Massive dragon glass. <laughs> Nobody so, has more dragon glass than I have. Nobody. <laughs> so there's hella dragon glass on Dragonstone, which uh, he immediately sends a raven to John. And then he's like walking down the hall, and this scaly ass arm grabs him and he goes, The Dragon Queen. And he's like, I haven't had anything. Yeah. Uh, and it's Jorah Mormont, who's Jorah. being held up at the Citadel because he's being studied because he's definitely fucking ill. Because yep. he has grayscale, and it's, it's all over. It definitely accelerated rapidly. It did. It took off. Yeah. Yeah. It's It covers more than half of his torso. Yeah. You ever see those shows body. like My 600 Pound Life when they got like those leg tumors? Yeah. It's like, when do you say this is a, this is a deal? <laughs> when, do <you> say, <laughs> when do you say this is I a thing those, that needs time? I don't time. know if those people can see their legs, dude. They, That's mean, true. Uh, from there, um, Danny and company arrive at Dragonstone finally. They just touch everything. And, and, just walk around and touch you know, everything. I, I'm kind of confused here because alright, here's my thing. Dragonstone, ancestral seat of House Targaryen and Westeros, um, very important politically. Like the Prince of Dragonstone is supposed to be the heir to the throne. And yeah, stuff. we talked about that with Stannis. A yeah. Lot. yeah. Uh, so I don't understand how no one has claimed Dragonstone. How how is no one? Maybe it was after Stannis. It just it fell into ruin, and it was just Cersei was so focused on what she was doing. I mean, John. Is that's just mismanagement. That's that's Cersei mismanagement, right? That there. happens. Mismanagement happens. Well, they gotta figure that. She shit used out. all her timeouts, man. She, she <laughs> shit, they gotta figure that shit out. Uh, and it ends with Danny just saying, "Shall we begin?" And I love when she says, "I just I keep playing that." Isn't that like her second time saying that in five episodes? She did that. She said yeah, that in uh, yeah, episode eight. I love it. I love episode it. Nine, episode yeah. nine, season. Shall five. we begin? Please. <laughs> you, you don't have to ask me twice. Then if they ask me once, just do it. <laughs> Um, all right, so that was episode one. We're going to jump into episode two now, Stormborn. Um, this one starts off where we left off, Danny's war council at Dragonstone. Dragonstone. Um, and Danny takes this opportunity to... Just shit on everybody. <laughs> just, yeah, and, but she also, like, tests Varys' allegiances, which... Questioning because he was part of the Robert Baratheon attempt to assassinate Danny. Right, but I feel like it's very oddly timed that she would bring this up now as they're strategizing for their... Yeah, I agree. Next moves, but I whatever. think it's a weird time. Uh, but he even says he's like, 
honestly, truth be told, I'll never be a yes man to you. He's like, if you do something stupid, I'm going to fucking call you on it. He's like, but if you want someone who believes in your cause, that's me. He's like, if you're looking for yes men, you know, I'm not it. Yeah, and she actually gives him a little bit of respect back by saying... You don't want a yes man. Yeah, she says, like, promise me you'll tell me, you know, if I'm fucking up, for lack of a better term. But then she also says, but if you betray me, I'm going to burn you alive. And he says, like, I'd expect nothing less. Yep. That's a great line. Great line. And then she's like, you got no dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from there, Mel actually shows up, Mel Sandra, Red Priestess. And she starts talking about the prince who's promised. I love prophecy. this part because then, like, Masandi's like, well, it could also mean princess. And Danny's like, I love that. And then Mel's like, well, Jon Snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mel, Mel's like, yeah, well, hold your horses there. There's princess. some theories I read online yeah. that Jamie's the prince that's promised. I mean, there's hella prince that are promised. Theories. I would love if it's Jamie because if it's Jon, I think it's so predictable. It probably will be Jon, but if it was Jamie, I'd be super hyped. That fucking hand Dude, on Jamie, fire. I don't know if Jamie lives that long. He likes pretty But yeah, so Mel convinces Danny to summon Jon Snow to court. And yeah. Danny, again, kind of getting a little mad. Queen Targaryen esque is like, I'll summon him and make him bend the knee. Yeah. Like, all right, sick, Danny. Cool. Like, yeah. Come on. Like, what, like, you have dragons, that's neat, but John is by far the best sword fighter in all of Westeros. And if I'm Danny, like, she already has two great families from the south. She's got half the Greyjoy fleet. Yeah. Why would you not get the north with you, too? Yeah. And the veil, the veils are behind John, too. As an so unnamed have... artist once said, you got fellas on your left, honeys on your right, you bring them both <laughs> together, together, you got you and all night! You're fine! <laughs> yeah, we didn't, he, he, he must not be named. <laughs> Lord Voldemort. <laughs> Lord Kelly. <laughs> Lord Kelly of House Prison. Uh, of House Prison, he says. That's great. Uh, from there, we actually go up to Winterfell. John gets the raven from Tyrion, summoning him uh, to Danny's court at Dragonstone. And him and Sansa are just continuously arguing. Yeah, but it's great, though, that they're having these conversations, though, instead of, like, Sansa just turning her back and, like, scheming behind him. No yes men. Exactly. You don't want yes, man. But Baelish sees this opportunity. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's always smiling behind some corner and shit. Oh, opportunity. <laughs> when John leaves, I'll slide right in. Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, from there, we jump down to King's Landing. Cersei's trying to get all the houses in the Reach. Well, not all the houses in the Reach. Some of the smaller houses in the Reach on her side. The Tarleys. The are Tarleys are, are the Bowser. most major out of those that are yeah. there. I call this a little throne room propaganda here. You know what's interesting, though? They're... As a lord who's responding to that summoning, um, you're basically saying, okay, I'm 75% down to be on your side anyway, so you just need to finish convincing me now. Yeah. Because if they went to King's Landing, then they were already considering fighting They wanted to be convinced, and, yeah. and, but they're fully propaganda machine between Jamie and Cersei here about Lady Olenna. Like, oh, she's off her rocker. And the Tarleys were very close with the uh, uh, Tyrells, and then, but he flips, and people are... And they, they use the classic, like... Um, you know, you're not like they're not like us, so we should band together and fight against them. So they keep yeah. stressing this Dothraki hordes coming. Yes, uh, unsullied. They, yeah, they really don't talk much about the fact that the Targaryen queen, who really has the best claim to the throne at this point, is has leading some, them, and that she has this beautiful perkies <laughs> in that blouse. Like that would be my pitch if I'm if I'm trying to rally for her. I'd be like, listen, do you want a hot queen 
or do you want like a kind of hot queen? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I think that uh, uh, you wouldn't get them on your side with that one. I would try. <laughs> I mean, I would, not without like trying, man. I can't help. I can't if I, if they were not swayed by that. I I, there's, I can't help them. <laughs> I can't do anything. I can't for do them. anything for them. They uh, got bad. They got bad judgment. We go uh, further west to the old town in the Citadel. Uh, Jorah has a nasty case of grayscale, oh, which we talked man. about. Um, Archmaster Ebros pretty much says that's game over to Sam. Sam's trying to like figure out ways to and help Jorah. Him he even points at it at Jorah. He's like, you know, we're gonna exile you to that weird grayscale island, but there's other ways out. And you're a knight, so I'll leave your sword. Yeah. Imagine pulling Ultimate that. Him. Yeah, it's like the third date. You know, you pull that sh- shit out. You gotta make sure your shit is looking good. <laughs> From there, uh, we go back to King's Landing briefly. We get a little bit of dragon history, and then we get introduced to uh, Kyburn's new weapon, the Scorpion. Him and Cersei are good pals now. They are. They're, they're good pals. I love to they see each other. I love to see a guy and a girl that there's no sexual tension. They're just friends, you know? And that's what they are. Kyburn doesn't care about Cersei, he just wants to fuck corpses. I mean, he definitely does. He, he wants to reanimate corpses. Oh, and then, yeah, and he, then you know he, he banged P- uh, Pycelle. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking disgusting. Pycelle woke up and was like, what, 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 what is the meaning of this? He's abnormal. He just he lost his chains to the Citadel. <laughs> dude, it always goes back to butt fucking the wall. Yep, dude. that's right. No one did it. I, I felt like I've been off the last couple of weeks with my job. I'm back. He's I'm back. back. Back in a big way. The wall's up. First. Restraining order. It's all back. Um, from there, we go to Dragonstone. They're actually having a real war council now. I guess the first one was just kind of a warm-up. Um, the Martells are there. The Tyrells are there. The Greyjoys are there. The Targaryens are there. Uh, basically, they lay out the strategy here. So the Martells and the Tyrells are to be picked up by the Greyjoy fleet. Yes. And then sailed back up to King's Landing to lay, to lay siege to King's Landing. Meanwhile, the Unsullied are to take Castle Rock. Great houses. Uh, but this is, again, this is, it's sort of a B team for me, right? It's a good team. But I guess of who's left, it's, it's, it's a great, great quality. You got the, the, you still got the house of Tyrell. You got Dornish people to the south. You're kind of cornering her. Mm-hmm. Which, again, why would you not want to be kind to John? Why would you want to bend the knee? Well, if you get yeah. John on your side, Cersei's fucked. It's a W. Yeah, yeah it's w, an automatic Lock it w. up. Send it to Cooperstown. It's over. But so, yeah, this is the plan. And uh, I think part of Danny still doesn't like the plan. It's more a Tyrion-hatched plan. It's 100% a Tyrion-hatched plan. Casterly Rock yeah. means nothing. In, in a weird way, it's a vanity project for Tyrion, I think. I think Tyrion still holds that resentment toward Tywin. Well, the thing is, Tyrion still thinks that Casterly Rock is the source of Westeros' wealth. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. It comes from, technically, Essos, right? The Iron yeah, it Bank. comes from Bravos. Uh, the, the the big thing here for me, you know, we talked about this. You don't want yes men, right? I mean, the, the, uh, what's her name? Ilaria Sand saying attack King's Landing. You're right here, do it. Elena um, yeah. saying attack King's Landing. You're right here, do it. Yara, I think, kind of even like mentions that a little bit, but not as directly. Yeah. Um, the, you know, and Tyrion comes out with this whole elaborate plan. Like, okay, yeah, maybe that would work. But how about this? How about you fucking mention it when you're sailing from Slaver's Bay? Pick up the Dornishmen and the Tyrells while you're passing this them. This is... And then, and then you can land at King's Landing by surprise. It's bullshit. Tyrion's plan is bad. This is like... This is the Bears' plan against the Eagles in that playoff game where it's the Eagles' secondary is trash. But for three quarters, they're like, we got to establish the run. Yeah. Yeah. establish the run. Just yeah. let, let Mitch throw to them receivers, man. Tyrion's a smart dude. There's hella smart dudes in that room. Varys is in there. 
these people really militarily embarrassed though. What's yeah. her name? What's her name? Uh, uh, Yara? Yasandi. Yasandi. Smart lady. Okay, none of you guys have fucking read about Danny's great 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 grandfather who showed up in the same exact position with three fucking dragons. You just burn it's that a shit playbook. Down. Yeah. It's, a, it's a playbook on how to do this. Yeah. Bill Belichick's already watched the, the practice film. <laughs> He's ready to rock. Why, why feel the need to change the fucking game plan all of a sudden? You, you literally are being handed what to do. This it's, is like it's terrible. taking Westworld for dummies. It's terrible. Again, Tyrion preaches that if you want to burn it down, you won't be able to lead. And it's like, dude, eat a dick. What do you How think Cersei that? did? She's ruling right yeah, now. Yeah, she's having a good old time. Yeah. Tywin was ruthless. Robert, Robert ruthless. took the throne over tons of fucking bodies. Yeah, I mean, and then when the Iron Islands came up, they fucked them all up. Yeah. Like, that's what you do. That is war, sweaty. Ever hear of it? <laughs> um, so fuck you, Tyrion. Fuck you. This that, is bad that actually Tyrion wasn't going to be my, you blew it, but like, fuck He's, him, he's coming up hot, yeah. yeah. Uh, from here, Masani and Grey Worm, they have a little bit of a, a little like fest, 2019. <laughs> uh, and this is great, because Masani is... Smoke show. To the bed. Uh, so there's not much to cover there. Um, I actually, I had my notes here. Didn't know Dragonstone had an all-you-can-eat buffet. Oh! <laughs> oh! Hello! I don't get it. Comedy! <laughs> <laughs> and, and she's like, and then there's like a moment where she's like, what will you do? Like, you can't do anything. But he also comes from that Jon Snow school of just kiss it. <laughs> uh, from there, we go back to the Citadel. Sam's actually doing this risky grayscale procedure on Jorah. Painful scene. Um, really gross really gross he's like ripping it off of him and putting anointment on there's pus coming out no one's done this before or people have it but it's like not well written about and Sam just goes for it and Jorah lived to see another day because of Sam's ambition and it's because Sam says he's like I was a fan of your father's I was not one of the mutineers I I loved your dad at the the wall let's let's do this and Jorah's like has anyone ever done this before he's like "What, what choice do you have yeah it's sort of like sometimes so there, it's like, there was a macer who did it twice successfully and then he died of great scale so like hopefully Irony, Sam yeah. doesn't get that shit it's sort of like when you're at the bar you know everyone's getting snatched up and there's a girl there she's got a snaggle tooth not looking too great and you're just like well what choice do you got? What, what else do you have on your plate? You got grayscale sweaty. <laughs> uh, from there Arya and Hopeye have a little reunion uh, uh, King Hopeye sorry King yeah. Hopeye um it was a cute reunion, but um, there's important the information. Thing is, the big thing is she finds out that John is now king in the north and won the battle of bastards. Winterfell. Yeah. He says he's like, "Where are you going?" She's like, "King's Landing." The fuck up, Cersei. He's like, "Why don't you just go to Winterfell?" She said, "Why?" And he's like, "Cause your brother fucking killed Ramsay. Everyone's talking about it, and he's king in the north." She probably didn't even know he was still alive. Oh yeah. And Arya's like, "Hell yeah, let's rock." Yeah. Arya, Arya's game plan completely changed there, so she starts heading north. And then uh, speaking of heading north, we actually head up there too. Winterfell's our next stop. John gets a raven from Sam about Dragonstone, and he raises the issue to all his lords and, and retainers. Yeah, John says, he's like, you know, this is a thing. I think we should do it. They sit on Dragonglass. I got that from Sam. I need to mind this shit. Regardless, I need to pitch this to her. Regardless of what she wants, it's about, again, this fucking war. You guys yeah. don't get it. It's a big deal. There's yeah. a lot of these guys. And everyone in the North is rightfully nervous it's a Targaryen well and every time a northern warden or king goes south shit happens Rob Ned Ned's Ned's dad Ned's dad and brother brother Uh, Rickon (laughs) so yeah so they're they're rightfully nervous but uh, John is all in at this point he knows they're not just gonna be able to do regular shit and stop the White Walkers they can't they gotta they gotta mix it up they need numbers they need weapons and, and he says to Sansa he's like I'm leaving you in charge and, and Sansa's like, you can't leave. I'm leaving you in charge. She's like, all right, see ya. Yeah, she's like, oh, I'm tight. And Baelish, uh, John is then in the crypts looking at his, Ned's uh, 
bust, I guess, his statue, kind of paying his respects before he goes, because who knows, it might be his last time seeing him, maybe saying his goodbyes to, you know, to the people in the crypts, and then um, Baelish comes down there, and John is just hates him. He just is annoyed by him. He doesn't okay. trust him as far as he can throw him. And uh, Baelish is kind of talking to him, and John goes, you know, you shouldn't be down here. And then he walks away, and Baelish goes, oh, I, I apologize. I figured a uh, thank you would be a good thing to say since I John saved you. And, and John just grabs him by the neck, just like Ned Stark does in season one, throws him into the wall. Again, a good callback to Ned Stark, same thing. Squeezing his neck, and he says, you know, if, if you so much as do something, like touch my sister, when I come back, I'll, I'll kill, kill you. myself. Yeah. And also... Weird move by Baelish talking to a king and talking about how much he loves his mom and stuff, who he wasn't married to. So like that's and also she hated John. Yeah, but still, like John's not gonna let somebody talk shit about his stepmom even or whatever you would call that. His adoption. Oh yeah, mom. I mean John probably still there was still love there probably for Cat. You know, I don't think he hated Cat. I don't think John Snow is capable of hate. Yeah, I just don't. He's just a guy who. Uh, you know, there's bad people who he hates. Like, Ramsey, he hated, but a guy, or a woman like Cat, I don't think he could hate her. You right, know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, but, yeah, so Baelish, again, like, Baelish sees opportunity, but I think here, when you see John wave at Sansa and leave, and Baelish does that slide in and looks at Sansa, I think he realizes he needs to move quick. Because he realizes, he's like, I can't get to the King of the North, he fucking hates me. And this is one of the first times you see, except for when Cersei fucks with Baelish, a real oh shit moment from Baelish. Yeah, and to your point, too... I think Baelish is coming to the realization that the North isn't the same as, as Court and King's Landing. Like, no. You're not going to be able to work all these webs behind and underneath people. And stuff. They're not, like, smart. They, they can't be, like... It's not to insult them, but it's not like you can, like, I need you in my game. They'd be like, what are you talking about? You know? Yeah, they're like, I'm, I'm not playing any fucking games. I'm, I'm, I'm here to kill. I'm going to put my agenda forward, and, you know, we're going to figure it out from there. And I do think that, like... Part of Baelish's plan was not to get fucking choked out by John. I think that he shit his pants a little bit, and that's why he really full court depresses Sansa. He's oh, like, yeah. "Oh, this this have to act quick because that guy is not fucking around." <laughs> <laughs> but he's also pumped that that John's going to be leaving though. It's a long trip. He's probably hoping that fucking Daenerys kills him. Yeah. Um, and then from there, we have Arya in the Riverlands again. She's camping, and then all of a sudden, all these wolves walk up on her. She's kind of freaking out, and then her dire wolf Nymeria shows up. And there's this real cute heart to heart with Arya and Nymeria, and Arya yeah. says she's heading back home to Winterfell and asks Nymeria to come. And Nymeria kind of like st- stands there for a while, but takes then off. just walks away. Her pack goes with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, two questions: One, Nymeria in season eight, yes or no? Yes. 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 Definitely ghost. That's verified. Yes. They already verified. Yeah, the effects guy be, verified. Yeah. I think Nymeria too. I don't think the effects guy was allowed to verify Nymeria, so it's quiet. Second question. What does she say? Doesn't she say like that wasn't her or something? Yes, she said she said that isn't you. So remember, she said that, um, and I forget what episode it was, but like she was talking about, she was trying to decide what her next move was, and then um, she was talking to someone about like going possibly going home to Winterfell. I think she said that isn't you or something like that. So she was just re-saying it. Yeah, I don't get it. She's likening herself to Nymeria or Nymeria oh, okay. to herself. Finding her own path. Nymeria is going to find her own path. That isn't you, like going to Winterfell. That ain't you. Yeah, exactly. That's a very forward thinking thing to say. It would have been great if Nymeria walked away to what? It do be like that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it indeed be like that sometimes. Uh, from there, the uh, Greyjoys, the Sands, and the Sands, the Martells, I should say, and uh, are enacting Tyrion's beautiful plan beautifully. It's enacted. The only good part of the scene is when 
I am upset. It interrupted that Yara like Dude, cartel. So I was it. ready for it. So I was ready for it. the biggest cock blocker. The biggest cock right. block. So basically, the scene starts in like. Uh, what's her name? The Martell lady. I never remember. Ilaria Sand. Ilaria Sand and Yara are like ready to just go to town. Theon's standing there. No dick. Yeah, Theon's like, what's going on here? Serving beer. He's the help. And he's like, I'm going to get out of here because these two are about to fucking smash. And it's like, they're like hurt. Like, they're about to go at it, man. And uh, and then out of nowhere, Euron just fucking comes in high. And this is actually like, as far as battles go, this is an underrated battle. No, I think in Game of Thrones. And Euron is a badass in it. Oh, yeah. He's not a puss. Like he's in the he's, front he's lines. The first one off the stage. Very Stannis. Yeah. It's and again, it's important to note that like Euron is nuts, and I don't mean it in, like the sense that like Ramsey was nuts too. But like Euron, like actually went off the deep end, didn't he? That's yeah. like documented in yeah. history. Like he fucking went insane. Yeah. So and um, Ramsey didn't believe he was the storm. He was an asshole. Right. Yeah. But Euron went no, legitimately. Euron nuts. actually thinks he's a god. He thinks he's the drowned god reborn. He just went off the fucking deep end. So he's nuts, um, and he puts it all online, but it's all been paying off for him so well. He actually, um, I had some, like, notes in here. So I'll let you take us through that scene, and then I, I want to talk about uh, Euron and his dudes. So Euron is, the, the fight's on. Um, they kill the two Sand Sisters. Uh, they kill, not the hot one. Obra and the other, I, I don't know. And he fucking brutalizes them. And then he takes Yara, and the shit, and there's no he chance. He kills one of them, which is wild. Yara puts up a good fight, but then he just fucking kills them all. He hangs one of the Sand Sisters from the front of Yara's boat, and he stabs the other one right on top of her, basically, on the on the mast. Uh, he takes the hot Sand Sister and Ilaria hostage, because that's his gift to Cersei. He knows that, and she's gonna, oh, she loves that gift. We'll see in the future episodes. And uh, But then he has Yara captive, and he goes, come on, Fionn, and Fionn's there, and Fionn has a choice rescue or try to rescue Yara which he actually wouldn't have anyway yeah no there was so many men there they were just like casually slicing apart his comrades while while Yara was talking to him it was like looking over their shoulder and Theon got out of there and and in hindsight like coward move sure but what was he gonna do in that moment another day and and that might pay dividends so in hindsight coward move if you don't watch the film and get better. I think he's going to watch the film and get better. I think it's a great move. I also think he had a little bit of PTSD, too, when he saw all those people getting mutilated in front of him. I think he'll redeem it. And again, in that moment, he's fucking killed. And you're right. He saw basically what happened to him. You know? Yeah. No geek. Uh, he got no dig, man. And that's it. It ends with Theon swimming there, kind of treading water, and those Sand Sisters hanging there. So it's brutal. Yep. Uh, Hot one's still alive, though. One more episode. So Euron's, uh, Euron's ship is called Silence. And his crew all had their tongues removed, um, and I don't I, like I, I don't I don't know the specific reason. Is this on the show as well? I mean, none, the of, none of them were saying anything. Yeah, so that's true. Assume, so they actually showed uh, one of their guys cutting the tongue out of another dude. So you have to be pretty loyal. <laughs> so yeah, so that's I, I mean I think that's pretty badass silence. And he 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 was gone for like. I don't know, like four, I don't know, a lot of years, and off the deep end, just, just sailing went the everywhere. Yeah. Just shy, fucking. I would be like, I just won't talk. I just keep. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I won't talk. But yeah, so those were episodes one and two. Pretty great episodes. Great start. They're good. Seven. Good start. Yeah, really good start. Um, what would you What would you rank those? Uh, I gave each one a seven, and honestly, it just it was. It was season seven. Each one's a seven. You get three sevens. It's a jackpot. You know Ooh, what I mean? Okay, I like that. Um, Look, I gave each one a six. <laughs> well, I did. So I gave each one a six. But oh, nice. No shaker of so six and a half. You're right. Yeah, so we're no shaker of you get a horror wizard. Um, <laughs> bad decision making from Tyrion without a horror wizard. So it's almost like she did leave a little impression in it. 
I mean, at this point, I don't know if it's necessarily like bad decision making, but it just you know, it, you have the touchdown like right there. Yeah. You run a trick play, like, and you're just, ready for like a, and you're trying to kick a field goal. Yeah. Yeah. It's like at half. There's like 20 seconds left. You're at your own 40, and it's like you got a few plays maybe, but you take a knee, and it's like, oh, oh that's trash. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's trash. you know, you can't that's have trash. it. You can't have it. I think the NFL though, fortune favors the bold, and people are proving that. Like the Nagies of the world, and the. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mahomes of the world. And the, I know he's not a coach, but... The McVeighs. Yeah, the McVeighs. Uh, um, um, best line, yes, queen. There's a lot. Line? A yeah, lot. I got, I got Hellas. Um, do you want me to lead off here, or do you want to... I'll lead off since you have Hellas, and I only yeah. have one of each. Okay. Uh, my best line is um, Aria to House Frey, when she says, when people ask you what happened here, tell them the North remembers. Tell them that winter came for House Frey. So good. Such a good... And I came for that. So good. Sploosh. Uh, <laughs> and then my... Uh, Yas Queen was when uh, um, oh when Jamie was kind of given uh, you're on some sauce when he's like but you're not trustworthy like you fucking he's like when you know well you're on complimenting Jamie he's like I saw what you did on Pike when you came and you were just fucking slaughtering everybody and Jamie's like but those were your countrymen. They were yeah. your kin. And Euron goes, place was getting grounded. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. He's I, fucking I nuts, folks. Oh, yeah. Euron is nuts. He wears eyeliner. He looks cool. Hey, the, the leather jacket is really... He's rocking it. He looks, like, he looks like he's in black it's sabbath. He's got studs all over it. It's yeah, great. It's bedazzled. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine, uh, best line, is actually from the same scene as yours was with Arya. Only um, it was leave one wolf alive and the sheep are never safe. Yes. So I thought that Fantastic. was tight. Um, I also had the same one that you had when people asked, tell them the North remembers. Um, the uh, My Yas Queen was from Jon Snow to Sansa, and he said, um, remember what remember what Dad used to say? And he's like, everything before the word but is horseshit. It's true. And she's like, oh, he never said that to us. He's it's like, true. Yeah, that's right. He would never curse around the, around the girls. Yeah. Um, and then another Yas Queen that I had was from um, Sansa to, or talking about Baelish to Brienne. He goes, or actually talking to Baelish, he, she goes, no need to seize the final word, Lord, Lord Baelish. I'll assume it was something clever. Yeah, and then great. just rolls her eyes super hard. Yeah. It's great. Sansa at this point now, I'm like, this is when I started really getting into Sophie Turner. Oh, and I was like, dude. she's a pretty girl. Unreal. And Baelish was kind of like, oh. Dude, she's and and she's you know, she's not she's fully clothed from head to toe and she's just all sorts of hotness for me. So oh yeah. Like oh yeah. I like a girl in a big in a big fucking snuggie <laughs> in just layers exactly. of clothes and exactly. sweater. It's my Hood- favorite. Hoodies guy. and sweatpants. But Marine Danny is my favorite. Hair tied, chilling with no makeup on. Oh yeah. There you go. Yeah. She could be eighteen, eighteen with an attitude or nineteen kinda snotty acting real rude. <laughs> uh, but boo, as long as you a thicky thicky thick girl, you know that it's on. Come on, that's Melly, dude. That's just science. Um, <laughs> that's just science. Um, also, uh, another Yas Queen was from Lady Olena to Danny when they were doing the War Council. She says, "You're a dragon, be a dragon." And Danny chooses not to listen to her, so fuck you, Danny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so those were all my. Olena just been taking L's all over town. She should be smoking L's. She should. Uh, she just like. She should up. just. Olena, it's time to just like get a pack of Virginia Slims, sit out by the beach, and just be like, "Hey, I gotta get." I gotta get my mail. The mail hasn't come yet. Um, so <laughs> my ravens. Hot, you ready for how to the raven? Where's the raven? <laughs> I'm expecting the TV guide. Um, the hottest moment? Hottest moment for me was, again, Arya doing straight work on House Frey. Same. I mean, you can't... Those are, th- those are straight results. You can't argue those. Yeah. So I'll do a quick honorary one, which is Masandi. Naked. 
Yeah. But uh, the my Masandi buffet. The Masandi buffet. Mmm. Grey Worm was eating good. <laughs> good. Fix me a plate of that. Uh, Arya, I wrote Arya fucking destroying House Frey. All those bad boys were gagging and choking. And I appreciate when a chandelier girl turns the tables and flips uh, a bad boy like a pancake and gives him a little sauce. So, <laughs> Dude, there were hell of chandeliers there was, in that room. There were chandeliers, there were pancakes all over. She all over she... Everyone's choking on something. You know, on, on set, she's probably like just spider monkey and oh. all around there. Oh, my then God. Then when the camera turns on, she's, you know, she's, she's walking for If any scene with her and Sophie, the second they call cut, I'm just, that's what I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. Deleted scenes. Deleted scenes. Release them. So we actually, we're doing something a little different with our next segment here. So typically this is where we would put uh, like a Westeros History Minute or a Mount Rushmore, but we actually got some, we got some Raven questions. So we got some Ravens. We got some people sent us some Ravens, some good Sent-us questions. Some Chris has the ravens. questions. He wrote them down. So this one's from a, a good friend of the pod, Nate Calder. Nate. We're, we're actually going to try to get him on uh, for an episode in season eight. So you guys oh, might hear from Nate, hopefully. Nate, Nate. Nate, I don't get it. It's a rhyme. So his question was, how many Valyrian steel swords will be in the fight against the White Walkers? Uh, Very solid question. So I did uh, a little bit of research as in a Google search. Um, So we have Heartsbane of House Tarly, Lady Forlone of uh, House Corbray, Longclaw, Jon Snow's got that, Nightfall, House Harlaw. Brienne's um, Oathkeeper. Oathkeeper, Brienne's got uh, Red Rain, House Drum. Um, Widow's Whale Jamie's is uh, Jamie's. Jamie's from Jopper. and then the Caspar Dagger that, uh, Arya. that Arya has yes. so there's a total of eight known Valyrian steel weapons in Westeros right now Westeros five of them are with the good guys right now so or the other three with Cersei's people um, no they're not even mentioned in the show so just Lady assume they don't exist yeah, they, yeah. Don't, they, they don't exist as far as we're concerned as far as the show's concerned yes yeah. so, I don't think they're gonna bring them out out of nowhere I don't think it's something they'll do just no and then also um, in the books uh, one of Danny's blood riders has a Valyrian steel a rock but I don't think that again just assume I don't think that that's that's a no and, yeah. yeah so good answer but yeah so five with the good guys so that's that's gonna be you know, how many how many White Walkers are there? I mean, I think we've seen maybe eight confirmed on screen. Eight confirmed, yeah. They all got that sweet hair. So you never know. I mean, there look. might be some hiding and stuff. There might be some teenage ones or something, but we've got... Oh, five they're just moody. They're swords. in the back, you know, playing Game Boy. And the Night King's like, come on, you're embarrassing me in front of the prince that was promised. <laughs> Jesus so, Christ. There we go. So that's laid out there. Um, another, we had a couple of good questions come in from Dan Dillon, who friend of the course, podcast, who's he here was on, on Battle of the Bastards. He was. hates spoilers. Let me tell you something. <laughs> this guy has been saucing me up about spoilers for a year now. There's there's two camps typically. There's the I literally won't even watch trailers because I hate spoilers, and then there's like okay, like if it's out there, I'm probably gonna take a peek at it. That's almost the irony of like watching porn is that you love spoilers because you gotta know what happens. Oh, well, yeah. Isn't that weird how like you set yourself up for failure if you don't look ahead on a... But isn't it weird that you don't do that for like Avengers Endgame? You're not like, how does this end? Okay, I'll watch it, you know? (laughs) Tony Stark has a good one at the end right on the face (laughs) of Thanos. (laughs) That's a good point. I never even thought about that. That's just society. It's weird, man. We're 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 just animals, folks. That's it. That's it. We just but we can talk. You and me, baby, ain't, ain't nothing but mammals. mammals. All right. That's so right. Dan's first question here. This was more a little bit directed towards me. Yes. Um, but he asked, or he stated, the books in the show are going off in different directions. They'll likely end differently. How do you rationalize that as a fan of both the book and the show? Um, 
very difficult question for me to answer because I'm very bad at rationalizing that because I, I think that the show has gone in kind of a shitty direction as opposed to the books but um, you know that's just an opinion I still love both of them they've been very different since season six um, the show writers know the book ending okay so that's important to know George right. R. R. Martin has told uh, told them how the books end um, I don't think that they're going to necessarily stick to that. I think they are going to take their own different rendition of, of that. So that's going to be something to watch out for. But here's the major, you know, kind of chicken crossing the road here. It's like, we might not even ever get the book ending. That's true. You know, I mean, Winds of Winter is still the second to last book, and he still hasn't released that yet. He's been working on it for like six or seven years. So, like, you know, I don't think we're going to – I think he's going to expire before we – get the end of a dream of spring which is the last book that we're gonna get so how do i rationalize that as a fan um i'm just gonna have to deal with the show ending and just kind of cross my fingers that i get to hear the book ending but yeah i'm sure you will i think i bet george will have it wrapped up soon i guarantee you i bet it's close i bet he's just not telling people he wants that double tap he wants that boom show boom book Suck him in. Right, which is fine. He may be doing that with Winds of Winter, but the thing is, there's supposed to be a whole another book released after that. That's what that's what makes me nervous. These dudes are fucking nerds, dude. He's probably got that thing already in a safe somewhere, ready to rock. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, so that's that one. And then the last question we have here, and this one's actually pretty interesting because it's a reunion that we no one talks really, about. Yeah, exactly. Which is Jorah and Lady Mormont. Yes, because he was exiled from um, Westeros. And his, his dad was uh, Lord Commander Mormont, mm-hmm. and his granddaughter is uh, Lady Mormont, the young girl who now leads Spare Island, and it would have been Jorah, but he was exiled because he was a slaver, and then Stark was going to kill him. Right. So Lady Mormont assumed it because she her mom was Jorah's sister, sister. and she passed away. Mm-hmm. So Lady Mormont is now the, the 12-year-old girl, and that is interesting. And they, of I course, have each other. It will happen, because Jorah is at the Battle of Winterfell. Lord Mormont has been the most loyal Stark house, and you got to believe that there. I, I guarantee you, there will be a moment where he says, "Like, do you know who I am?" Because she might not I'm ever s- know. I, I think I, I think they're gonna know who each other are. I bet he'll have that cool moment. You know, like, do you know who I am? I'm your I'm your uncle. And she's like, "Oh, Jorah, sup?" I, I you know how she doesn't. She was young when he was exiled. Yeah, I don't even think she was born at that point. Exactly. So I think it'll be. Uh, um, uh, yeah, she was probably born, but there's no chance that she remembers. Yeah, she would have yeah, pictures, no you know. So he'll he'll be like, "It's I'm Jorah Mormon. I'm your uncle." And she'll be like, "Oh wow." You know, I think I don't think she'll have any animosity toward him. I I, I think it's going to be two clashing ideologies because she's very like the North remembers. Like I'm never denying my oath, so I'm always going to stick by what I say. I just think they're over it, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, at this point, when you have White Walkers at your door, you yeah. have to... I think she's, I think she's happy he's in Westeros, yeah. and it's almost like he can, He's. I think he's going to die, but he'll die in Westeros, where it's like, remember what he said, well, we'll get there, but it's like, he, he said, I never thought I'd be back here, you know? Yeah. He's home. As long as he dies defending Danny, that's only, I mean, I think that's all he cares about. That's how I'm probably going to die, so I'm fine with it. <laughs> unless, of course, unless, of course, throwing my hat in the mob boss ring. <laughs> One, of those ways, yeah. One of those ways I'm going to yeah. die. I'm going to get shot and run over. That's you know? all right. I'll, uh, uh, I'll be at your funeral. Thank you for those questions. We've never done a, a Send to Ravens before, but send more Ravens. So next segment here, you blew it, fan favorite segment. Oh, yeah, let me pull up the, uh, the sauce. Pull that shit up. Um, yeah, so mine, actually, you know what? I'll, I'll, 
I'll let you lead us off because mine's a little bit different here because I didn't actually have a you blew it. Yeah, I just gotta pull up the thing. Let me get to the library on my phone. Got it. Um, yeah, so my you blew it uh, this week is for Tyrion because again, I didn't like his game plan. Um, he preached patience. Uh, and he, he went into, like, a prevent defense, you know? Mm-hmm. And you can't go into a prevent defense because, like we talked about last week, Cersei's got the mountain. He's giving her a clean pocket. She's got all sorts of time. She's just carving up. prevent defense in the third quarter. Like, what's she, the deal? She's carving it up. Uh, she's, getting, she's in field goal range basically as soon as the quarterback touches the fucking ball. Uh, and, and, and it's just bad call. So, uh, to Tyrion Lannister, my man. You blew it. You blew it, buddy. Yeah, I love you, buddy, but you blew it. I love you, buddy, but you blew it. Well, you gotta you gotta bring your own furniture, but the house the is house free. is free. Um, okay, so mine, like I said, a little bit different here. I went with the opposite. You blew it because again, I didn't, I, I couldn't find it. You blew it. That you I sucked it. To do. <laughs> so uh, mine is what whoever the navigator was of Euron's fleet that was able to find Yara's fleet in in the open sea. I mean, that guy is you know you're, you're talking about finding a needle in a haystack there. That's wild. You fucking killed it. So I mean, you you definitely you did it. You didn't blow it. You you did it. Um, congrats. You blew it, but in a good way. You d- you did it. You did it. You did you did it. <laughs> All right, congrats. Good job. Um, so how, I, I guess we should find another soundbite for the future for when people do it. Well, I when think that's. Good. I mean, typically there's multiple people who blow it at per episode of Thrones. So like. That's not something that happens too often. I just like to film Chris while we record sometimes just to really put the pressure on him. Yeah, it, cool. it definitely makes me a little bit more nervous. Uh, so our next segment here, find George R. R. Martin a date. Um, I'll lead us off this time. Do it, please. Mine is Aunt Becky from Full House. Woo! Let's hear it for her. So the hot, the hot hit from Full House. She got herself in a little bit of financial trouble with FBI. Um, her Apparently she had a big ring of... Um, of rich people who, surprise, surprise, are paying for their yeah, kids. She didn't run it, but she school. was in the ring. She was in the ring. Why is this a wake-up? Why are people so surprised that rich people pay for their dumb kids to get into the best schools? Well, who doesn't know that already? The level of deceit they were willing to do, though, like, they paid a coach to pretend that her daughter rode crew. Yeah. Which is fucking rowing, which is the dumbest sport. I it's mean, the whitest fucking thing you can do. <laughs> I'm well, an athlete. What do you do? I row. Cool. And it doesn't help that uh, who, whose daughter was it that was like filming YouTube videos and she's talking about yeah Aunt Becky's I don't even plan on going to class or anything but I'm definitely gonna go to tailgates and shit yeah Felicity Huffman also busted in her husband's William H Macy from Shameless it's like what the fuck and and Aunt Becky's husband like designs Target clothes and he's fucking loaded also um, this guy I think his last name was Singer so he was running uh, an SAT. Uh, class basically, or an, an SAT like actual testing site, and these people in this ring would pay this guy, you know, upwards of fifteen thousand yeah. dollars per their kid testing just to get them a, a passing score or whatever it may be. Yeah, um, Derek Rose. So that guy's just making hella bank. Yeah, just for being smart. Credit to him. Yeah, but like, okay, so the guy who runs the SAT testing site's driving around a fucking Maserati. No one's gonna ask questions. That's true. What's going yeah, on? This is legal jannies. This is legal jannies all over again. <laughs> What is happening? But, yeah, so there you go. Aunt Becky, screw you. You blew it. You you, you, you one percenters, whatever, dude. You're going to be, you are going to 
your prison will not be kind to you, Aunt Becky. Let me well, tell you. They're not going to get locked up. They'll get a hefty fine. They'll get a slap on the wrist. Yeah. And Jesse Smollett's <laughs> going to do more time than these people did. Sure is. Sure, sure is, sure is. Uh, my George date is, uh, so my date for George is Eli Manning. Uh, George needs a guy who can keep him active, and Eli needs someone to lift up his spirits after losing Odell Beckham. Uh, and, and again, like I said, next next season, Eli Manning may set the record for three-step drops and then tosses to the running back, but you know what? Uh, he, he'll always air it out for George. I feel bad for Saquon Mark Barkley. Eli, okay, he's brutal. I watched Giants football is always on Fox. I watched so many Giants games, and it's He's so bad. He's not. He's not getting help he from his even, own but he doesn't line. Take, but, but he doesn't bad. take chances even. Yeah. Like you have Odell, you just eventually just fucking take a chance, dude. He's just like that's uh, why Odell's kicking over fans and shit and like headbutting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people are mad at Odell. I, I would be. He's like one of the best receivers in the game, and Eli's like he says hike, and even when he has a clean pocket, he's like, "Where's my check down? Where's my check down? There it is." He's just saying. He's, he's, he's like Tyrion planning an invasion of Westeros. He's safe, so uh, Eli, you blew it. I'm just handing out blows. Dude. Yeah, you're blowing everything. Uh, unnecessary titties. Next segment, unnecessary titties. I'll lead us off with lead this Lead us one. off for this one. Uh, mine is a two-parter. Uh, Ooh. First one was Sam cleaning the chamber pots and throwing up. Great. Second one was Sam doing the grayscale surgery on Jorah. Fantastic. Both gross scenes. Yeah, that was terrible. So gross. I wanted to vomit the entire time. It's unnecessary. It was necessary. It, Jorah's surgery was necessary. The, the chamber pots was unnecessary. So my unnecessary titties was from episode two, and I would say it was there was a little bit of sexism in episode two. Okay. Uh, and it's because whenever Mel meets kings like Stannis and Jon, she seduces them and busts out titties, but then when she meets Danny, she's not going to fucking seduce her and bust out titties? That's a good That's point. sexist. That's, That's sexist. Point. And I'm putting you on notice, Game of Thrones. Why didn't she try to seduce Danny, right? Also, though, one thing to note about Mel at this point, she's been knocked down a lot of pegs. So I don't know if she's feeling too no. confident rolling into Dragonstone. It's what it is, is it's classic Hollywood sexism. And they need to get this right in season eight. Mel needs to seduce Danny, all right? Danny, uh, you don't you don't think Amelia can take a leech? Okay. Amelia can take okay. a leech. Now I'm picking up your angle on this here. What are you talking you're about? Not interested. You're not interested in being a champion of women's rights. Yes, and, I am. And equality this is, this is, whoa, you're, whoa. Talking, you're talking about getting Mel and Danny down and dirty. Your mic's going to get cut off in a second because you're wrong. <laughs> cut his mic. Listen, no. It's... What is what are the Game of Thrones writers? You're sneaky, one of You're kind of like the You're kind of like the sneaky. What do the show writers have against scissoring? Is all I'm saying. In leeching, why can't Danny can get leeched? Put her up, leech her up. <laughs> Those toes can get leeched. Huh? Those toes. Oh man, suckable boys. <laughs> Dude, I'm, right. I'm still over here flustered that we didn't get to see the Yara and Elaria scene. That would have been Exa- nice. Perfect. Exa- Chris, you're just making my case, man. You're just making my case. All right, let's get let's get our legal team and and HBL's legal team on the phone. Let's get the Yara get to the bottom of this and inequality. Inequality, Danny and Mel, straighten it out, leech each other. Uh, so my trial, trial by combat. You ready? Trial by combat. Let's go. This is weird. I was again. I think I always preface this. So this week, this week's trial by combat is said. <laughs> Wait, I gotta focus. Dude, I, your angle there was just—I I got to the bottom of that. I was—I thought you were being honest for a second there. 
Then I made eye contact with you, and I'm like, I just, need, I just need Danny just getting all, oh, those suckable boys. Uh, so this one is set in, this is trial by combat, You folks. gotta be careful with the term suckable boys, because we're just, we're talking about Michael Jackson earlier. <laughs> we, let's isolate that clip and just put it, we should, we're gonna isolate that, and then we're gonna promote on Instagram all weekend this clip, suckable boys. Suckable boys. <laughs> Tune in for more. Tune in for more, suckable boys. Alright, so... This week's Trial by Combat is set in 1800s England, right? And this is a story about a wealthy old miser. He's just a wealthy man. He lives alone in his mansion uh, in the English countryside. And he's uh, forgotten from society. He's lonely. He's hated. Uh, And he spends his days in his mansion uh, speaking to his own echo, basically, just wasting away. Uh, Until one day, whilst digging a latrine in his backyard, he uncovers a book that changes everything. It's an ancient book written in the language of saucing boys <laughs> that introduces him to a world of chandelier girls socks slipperiness porta potties uh sneakiness sneakiness pearl harbor uh and he radically begins sharing and preaching these teachings in the streets and uh and, and they shut him they try to shut him down he becomes a society pariah because he's so ahead of his time you know um and they try to arrest him and eventually of course, they do arrest him, uh, but but the public falls in love with his message, and he becomes a martyr. He dies via beheading from the guillotine, uh, but he becomes um, this great champion of sauce and boys. Um, and I would like to allow allow <laughs> allow allow me to introduce you all to the motion picture event of the decade. Uh, it's called. <laughs> The title cracks me up because oh, I was man. in a weird headspace. I, I named this because uh, it's like an English. You know what it is like an English thing? It's kind of like a cool title. Sure. Like Harry Potter and all that. I called, <laughs> I called this one. Uh, I can't say it. I called it uh, Lord Tiddly Sauce and the Fantastic Book of Boys. <laughs> Lord Tiddly Sauce, he says. The Fantastic Book of Boys. How do you spell Tiddly? Can we figure it T-I-T-T-L-Y. Nice. Sauce. Tiddly. Tiddly. Lord Titley. Lord Titley. But in America, it's Titley. Okay. Um, Lord Titley. All right, so I, I, I like the premise here. But it's, it's Lord Titley sauce. Basically, he's like someone that we, you know, has inspired us sauceness to, at the point we're at today. So basically, you know, he's almost like an ancestor of ours. Maybe he is. closer to an ancestor of yours since he's in, like, England. I think uh, I think my mindset is, like, <laughs> he he is almost like our L. Ron Hubbard, you know? He is our, our and, and, and he sort of passed, like, when David Koresh said Jesus was inside of him, what he really meant was Lord Tiddly Sauce, <laughs> is my okay. interpretation. All right. I, you know, I, I could be into this now. Did he get a cult following, and was did he do some... It was He was ahead of his stuff? time in England, and he's preaching on the streets, and he did, but it wasn't a cult. It was more just people were liberated. They were free from the weird monarchy, you know? They felt like they, they could, could wear, finally be they could wear socks. Boys yeah, they could around. wear socks with sandals, and yeah. they could be slippery. And they can use a porta potty. They can use a porta potty, and they can be a little sneaky about it. Girls could swing from the chandelier. You can, you can, anyone can swing from chandeliers. You know, Listen, preferably girls. And you can, you can be, you can be a little sock monkey if you want. You can be, a, you, you know, you whatever can, you want. And you Lord Tiddly Sauce was the OG. He okay. was, yeah. So where? How, do, how does? Uh, how does Michael? Uh, what's what's the guy's name? The the guy's like, oh, I didn't suck any dicks. Oh, uh, Michael Peterson, the little staircase. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you can staircase people too, according to Tiddly's preachings, right? That's, that's yeah. Michael Peterson is like he's a sauce boy. We it, yeah. it, it, we have to. One of the things about being part of a not a cult but a religion is that when you do have <laughs> bad members, you have to admit they were bad. He should have been staircasing, but he still was a sauce boy. 
one of the sauciest boys. He was a he was a he was a good sauce boy. He got a little too much sauce. I love Michael Peterson, folks. Is one of the greatest liars of all time because he literally said, "I didn't suck any dick." There's no way I sucked any dick. And the guy's like, "Well, eight people confirmed." He's like, ah, "I sucked a little bit." <laughs> like, okay, maybe I sucked. Like the same sentence. He was like, "I didn't suck any dick." And if I didn't suck dick, well, I guess I did. Who knows? I didn't suck any dick. But I didn't kill her. I didn't kill her. All right, I killed her. Episodes of that pompous bastard just literally being like, I didn't do it. I didn't, okay, well, maybe a little. I don't know. <laughs> it's great. It's great to see his progression of lies catch up with him. But yeah, and he just flips it like it didn't happen. Right? Like, okay, I sucked foot. Oh, it's that gay. I guess. What's wrong? You swallow long. It's straight. <laughs> All right. So uh, that is our final um, segment of season seven, episodes one and two. Yeah. Um, it's been a blast getting back to our roots. I gotta admit, it's it's almost a, you know a little a little one on one time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice. It's been nice, and we got hella guests coming up. We got we're booked up. We folks. we're booked up tight, folks. We're and like Chris guys. said, apparently we're already uh, scheduling guests for a, a podcast that we're we're planning on doing. We don't have any ideas for it yet. Yeah. But again, anything to beat me in an argument. Well, we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do a prequel for sure, but we're gonna we have, have to, to kill like a, a lot. year and a half. So we'll just do whatever. Yeah. I have some concepts. I want to try one out right on the air. I want to do one that's called uh, Chris and John Try Things, where the people on tell us to try things, and then we try them, and then we talk about them for an hour. Oh, shit. And the first thing that came to mind was Fleshlights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Episode yeah, one, coming in that. high. I don't know about that. Yeah, we're doing it. We're, do- we're, we're doing it. We'll do it. That, that could be a segment of our next pod. We'll figure it out. All right, so that's Fleshlights. it for Deep Thrones tonight, or today, depending upon when you're Ooh, listening to it. Deep Thrones tonight. Uh, yeah. thanks, thanks for tuning in, thanks as always. Listening. We appreciate it. Um, that's all I've got. That's all I've got. And uh, just, uh, Danny, hit me up. Let's go hunting for some suckable boys. My lord. Bailey.